Welcome into the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. I'm your host, Kyle Ireland, and not alongside me this week is the uh, the one and only Sam Farnsworth. He's out. He's down and out for the count this week, and uh, we wish him uh, a get well soon, and hopefully he'll be back and in full form, ready to go next week after uh, week four of the NFL season. But this week, to recap week three, I wanted to have on our Utah Utes insider, because there are so many former Utah guys that are just making outstanding plays in the NFL right now, and there's nobody better to talk about it than our one and only Utah Utes insider, Michelle Bodkin. Michelle, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah. Anytime, Kyle. I love kind of switching gears a little bit and talking more about the NFL side of things rather than college. It's it's funny because like, this state is like so consumed when it's not like the jazz and that like brings everybody together. You've got BYU, Utah, Utah state. You've even got, you know, the FCS schools and Weber state, SUU and Utah tech that, you know, kind of separate all the fan bases. But after those guys graduate and leave, you know, some of the time it's like, Hey, what are the, what are those guys up to? Well, like we're here, we're here to keep track of it, but I know that you keep track of those guys as well. We were talking before we hopped on to record, just kind of reflecting on some of that. But there are a number of guys just, you know, in recent years, and it seems like Utah has been putting out draft picks galore over the last decade, right? I mean, Witt's just yeah. putting guys into the league left and right, especially on the defensive end. But there's also been some highlights as far as the offense is concerned as well. And some of those guys made big plays this week. And I guess we can start there. I, I'm a little bit of a homer because I am an, an Indianapolis Colts fan. And so I was pretty happy to see this. And <laughs> It was actually pointed out uh, to me yesterday by Ben Anderson, our jazz insider, that all of the Indianapolis Colts points yesterday and their win against the Baltimore Ravens came from former Utes, which is pretty crazy. I didn't even like I I kind of knew it based off of just like writing and following up the game yesterday. But like looking yeah. at it on the box score, I was like, oh, dang, like that's actually true. Kind of crazy. So we've got Zach Moss, uh, former Utah running back, who's now uh, with the Colts. And then also Matt Gay, who. Just had a historic day yesterday. Uh, he made five field goals, four of which were over 50 yards. And I guess we, let's start with Matt because that's never been done before in an NFL game. And he's like, Matt's got an interesting story. And I guess, you know, could you kind of go back to like when he first kind of came on at Utah and like how he became the kicker that he he's, you know, become today? Yeah. So, I mean, take it back to his college days. Uh, I I think you kind of actually have to start with Andy Phillips, right? Uh, so Utah had Andy Phillips for four years, automatic Andy. Uh, you just could always count on him to hit the field goal when you need it most. And uh, talk about another interesting story. You know, he was a skier and a soccer player. He wasn't a football player. Uh, he decided decided to to join the football team kind of on a whim. Uh, and, and so then you have him move on and and you're needing a kicker. So why not go to the same formula, essentially? Uh, you know, Matt Gay was not someone that grew up playing football either. He he was a very accomplished soccer player, was down at UVU um, playing soccer, and then decided to come up and play football and kick for the Utes for two seasons. And, you know, everybody thought that Andy Phillips was really good. Well, Matt Gay was every bit as good. 
and added a lot more range. Uh, and, and we saw that on full display Sunday in the Colts win over the Baltimore Ravens. It took him a little while, I think, to establish himself at that level. Uh, but once he's found his groove and gone comfortable, it's just, it feels like every week we hear Matt Gay did something to help whatever team he's been on. Um, whether it's been, no, well, not really the Bucks because the Bucks didn't stick with him very long, but whether it's been the <laughs> yeah. Rams or the Colts, it just, it feels like, you know, he he's done something to really kind of elevate their play and keep them trucking along. And and yesterday was no different. Yeah. I know that, you know, a lot of people don't like leading off with a kicker, but he's my kicker in Indianapolis. He had a historic day. I wanted to start <laughs> off with Matt Gay because I just thought it was outstanding. I mean, signs a record breaking deal with the Colts this off season. It's funny. They actually, after you mentioned the bucks there after Tampa Bay, let Matt go, he actually got picked up by the Colts on their practice squad. And I'm like sitting there, thinking back to that i'm like they had him in the building like they could have gotten him like at a cheaper price like back then but my goodness it all worked out for him he went to la won a super bowl ring good on matt so happy for him and his success and i'm glad that it's for my team uh but i also wanted to touch on uh zach moss like we talked about a little bit ago when we were introing this zach had i mean just a weird first few seasons in the league I don't know how else to describe it. He was just, he, I don't think he was in the right system, the right fit there with the Buffalo Bills. They just didn't use their running backs like most teams. And Zach, I think, has been a product of that as far as like his stats in the league. But mm-hmm. he gets traded to the Colts last year, has a really strong finish to the year. And then, you know, there's there's this Jonathan Taylor situation right now where Jonathan Taylor has requested a trade. He's on PUP until at least... Uh, next week and then we'll see what the Colts do moving forward after week four is over but you know Zach comes into the buildings kind of fighting for that RB2 spot and then with the Taylor situation really hey he could be the starter but breaks his arm first week of training camp misses all the preseason it's like another setback another setback you know but the the Colts had a really just dismal running back performance by Deion Jackson the first week and so Zach comes in in week two has a really good game, you know, gets a touchdown on the ground and then follows it up this week in week three. He has a career day. He runs the ball career high 30 times and he gets a career high 122 yards on the ground. He also has a touchdown reception. And I was looking back, Michelle, the last time I'll ask you this. Let's see off the top of your head. When was the last time Ooh. do you think that Matt, uh, that Zach Moss ran the ball 30 times? That obviously was at Utah. So looking back to his college career, when do you think that was? 30 times. Wait, you said it was at Utah? Yeah. So those were career highs there uh, yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, the 25th. And yeah, so he has never run the ball that many times in the NFL. So the last time he ran the ball 30 times was at Utah. What year do you think that was? Oh, I would have to assume it was probably 2019. It was 2018 going back to his junior no, year i was i was shocked by that i thought i i would have said the exact wow. same thing as you i thought it would have been like because he had a really good senior year right the last time he yeah. ran the ball 30 times in a game was his junior year in 2018 and the last time he had 122 yards on the ground was his senior year a year later i was just blown away by the, looking back at those stats because i'm like you know you think back at all the numbers and the records that he put up at utah 
he showed that he was a productive back and then to kind of have this slow start in the league I'm just I'm happy to see where he is you know a few weeks into the season what can you say about you know Zach's I guess just like his makeup that leads it to be where he's had this adversity and then he's been able to kind of rise above it at least so far with the Colts well, I think to your point, you hit the nail on the head from conversations I've had with people that I know in the NFL. Um, he just, he was in the wrong spot at, in Buffalo. Buffalo just didn't know how to utilize him, which is unfortunate uh, because I think Buffalo is a really fun team to follow. But I mean, you know, if, if you don't know what to do with a guy, then then he's kind of a total waste to you. <laughs> right? and. And I think, yeah. I think I think we're seeing that, you know, with his emergence with the Colts. I think it's really funny that he started this season off with a broken arm because that's how he started his 2019 senior. I think it was his 2019 senior year with the broken arm. And, and there was the whole freak out because TV like got a shot of him in his cast and yeah. he doesn't talk about injuries. It was, it was a very funny. That was thing. the uh, that um, was the crazy opener, the lightning delay against BYU, wasn't it? I, it, it might've been, it might've been, but so to see him kind of once again, take this thing and, and hopefully, and I, you know, cause we're only two games into this for him, but hopefully, you know, this is a sign of him taking off the way that he kind of did in 2019. If you could even say that he w- took off, I mean, to be honest, he was pretty well established by the time he hit senior year at Utah. But as far as, you know, Zach Moss's makeup goes, I think he's just a very calm, cool, collected individual. He never really struck me in in all the times that I, you know, got to talk to him, got to know him as being like a high strung kind of guy. And so I think he can just kind of ride the storm really, really well. And And I think especially when you're kind of trying to get your footing in the NFL where it is very businesslike. And I think this might change with NIL a little bit because college is starting to turn into that. So you're getting, you're going to get that experience in college more than you ever did. But, but I think there's such a drastic change, at least from when like guys like Zach were entering the league, going from college where it's still, you know, everybody's just so happy to be here and, and congratulations, your, your education's being paid for free because you can catch or run or throw a ball well. Um, in the NFL, they don't care, you know? Uh, and sometimes that can just be a very harsh, brutal reality for guys. But I think Zach just has a mindset of he takes it in, he internalizes it, and uh, he, he just uses that sort of thing to get better. Uh, and and to keep his head up and to keep fighting. And, and I think we're starting to see, you know, that come to fruition now for him. I have to say, the Colts have three Utah guys from that 2019 team. Obviously, we've talked about two of them. Julian Blackman's the other one. Yeah. Uh, but that 2019 team was probably one of my most favorite to cover just because of the personalities that we got. You know, Matt Gay, Zach Moss, Julian Blackman, I could list off several other guys, just like phenomenal, phenomenal human beings, as well as really great football players. And it's so fun to see a lot of these guys currently balling out in the NFL right now. 
Yeah, another guy on that team uh, that I want to talk about in a minute is uh, Tyler Huntley, and uh, we won't forget about him as well because he's kind of got an interesting story going on right now with the Ravens. But uh, before we get to him, I just wanted to ask you kind of about, I guess, this this rookie class is kind of interesting uh, for our local players. There's been some guys that have already been injured, and you know, you've got Braden Daniels who comes into the Washington organization and he's out for the whole uh, season with an injury. And, you know, you've got Kincaid who I think is, he's, he's going to find his, his rhythm with the bills. I just, I thought that he would have a faster start than he did. Um, he's, he's been productive, but it's, he hasn't found, you know, the end zone yet through three weeks. And I'm just kind of waiting for that moment to happen. Um, but you've got, you know, you've got Diabate, you've got some other guys that are, that are younger in this league who would you say Michelle is like the guy to look for next as like a breakout guy? Like we've talked about, you know, Matt Gay, Julian Blackman, Zach Moss, even, you know, Tyler Huntley or, you know, Mitch Wisnowski is another guy that's really solidified himself in the league. Is it, you know, Devin Lloyd going to rise up to be like a Bobby Wagner, Fred Warner type is, you know, what's like the next, guy to break out on the scene as far as, as these like former Utah guys are concerned oh that is a great question I, I mean oh, it I, feels I forgot it's... Clark as well he was inactive yeah. this week so he I didn't see him on my I have a list pulled up so I wanted to make sure <laughs> I will not forget Clark Phillips because I am super high on him but yes uh I have a friend that is a big Atlanta Falcons fan uh and played for Stanford actually and he sent me the funniest text when when Atlanta picked Clark up he was so excited about that but uh to your point I it feels like such a cop-out to go with either Devin Loiter or Dalton Kincaid or even Clark Phillips but those would be probably my top three picks and to be honest the little bit that I've seen and heard about Mumad Diabate also does not surprise me I I think there's some potential there for him as well he's an athletic freak it was really unfortunate that he came to Utah with an injury that he was trying to heal up and that it took him about mid-season to get into form because I think fans really missed out on getting to see what he was fully capable of which is why we're starting to see him have these opportunities in the NFL at the next level. Um, oh man. But then, you know what, tonight, Monday night, we, you know, we watched Brian Covey break off a yeah. 50 plus yard run uh, on a return. It's, oh man, there's a lot of guys that I think could really kind of be up for that. I, if you point a gun to my head and say, who has the longevity though, I think I might have to go with Dalton Kincaid. I just think that position is such a hot position right now in the NFL. And Dalton, talking about tight ends, uh, and Dalton uh, has the makeup to be like a George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey, which is kind of what everybody in the league wants. Uh, Obviously, as you said, like it's maybe taking him a little bit of time or is taking him a little bit of time to actually get the flow of a game. But once that clicks for him, because that happened at Utah as well, uh, you know, that first year or two that he was there, he maybe wasn't quite as productive. But once he had the opportunity to kind of get his feet under him and really figure things out, he took off and he never looked back. 
I think he has, I think he has that opportunity and potential at the NFL level. And I think he's going to be another one of those like big name tight ends that everybody just wants to look for and try and bring onto their roster. Hey, the bills just need to play against USC, right? Like they play against USC. Like <laughs> Kincaid's going to, he's going to have his breakout game. That's all. <laughs> um, that's moves. completely true. <laughs> I'm just saying like you play against the Trojans and <laughs> Kincaid's going to have a career day. So uh, there you go. <laughs> talking talking about Tyler Huntley earlier, and I just mm-hmm. I think he's such a fascinating player because the opportunities that we've seen him have in the league, I mean, he's kind of like it's hard because his opportunities have been sparing, but like when he's played, he's played pretty well for the most part. He did have some struggles, I feel, late last season, but it's also hard to get into a, a, like a really good rhythm when like, especially when like Lamar Jackson was out with like COVID, he'd like come in for a, a week and then he wouldn't play the next week or he'd play for two weeks and then he would be out. And then Lamar got hurt. And that's kind of what happened last year is Lamar got hurt towards the end of the year. And then, you know, ends up making the pro bowl of all things, which is just a crazy story in and of itself. But uh, Baltimore, obviously likes him enough to have him be their backup quarterback and did so uh, against the Colts this last week. But I just am curious, where where do you think Tyler's like long-term fit in this league is? Do you think that he'll ever, you know, be presented with the opportunity with like another team? Cause obviously like Lamar is signed for the long term. Now he signed a new deal this off season. So, you know, he's clearly Baltimore's franchise quarterback, but, you know, he plays a similar style to Lamar. Obviously, they are different athletes, but similar enough that they can run the same offense. And then, you know, we've seen Tyler have success. Is, is he just, is he meant to be a backup for, you know, 10, 12 years in the league? Or do you think that he's got the chance to have a shot down, you know, with some other team in the next year or two? Oh, you know, it, that that's going to be an interesting one to watch because I – it kind of felt like, you know, a year or two ago was his opportunity to get that starting role and it didn't come to fruition. Um, now, that's not to say, I mean, we've seen, you know, Lamar Jackson gets hurt and that's part of, you know, what happens in this league now that they're kind of moving more towards the mobile dual threat quarterback when guys get out of the pocket and they run they're more prone to get hurt and so that also opens up opportunities for guys like Tyler to come in uh, and show what they have so I think at some point he will probably you know have that opportunity to to highlight what he does and and show off you know what he what he can do um I it's so weird (laughs) watching the two of them because they are like freaky little clones of each other and it's such a cool story too that they grew up kind of grew up together are friends I don't know very many situations when you can say that the starting quarterback is like the backup's best friend you know that they have each other's back the way that those two do I I mean Lamar Jackson is really Tyler Huntley's biggest hype man and it's the craziest thing to watch <laughs> yeah. you know on the sideline it's you know a lot of times I think starters in the NFL are always worried about oh my gosh is this guy gonna take my job and it just doesn't seem to even be like a concern 
to Lamar. I think it's more a relief to him that there's a guy that can step in and pretty much play his same game and there's no drop off and that they just work well together. So, you know, I could see him having a long-term career at Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, just because I think it works well together. They work well together, but I can also see, you know, maybe a situation down the road where maybe a team is looking for a fresh start. Um, and maybe Tyler is that guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens as well, because like, like we both said, you know, he's, he's shown those flashes. It's just the NFL is so funny when it comes to quarterbacks, right? Like it's very much mm-hmm. like a, what have you done for me lately? Kind of a thing. And, you know, Maybe he'll get maybe he'll get the opportunity. I think he's on a on the last year of his deal, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they signed him in a one of those weird like restricted free agent tenders again this last season, and so I believe that he'll he'll be able to to kind of pick his future route this uh, next off season. But uh, in the meantime, we'll keep an eye on him and see if uh, he gets another chance to play this season, even. Even if Lamar doesn't get hurt, maybe they're, you know, in a blowout situation, garbage time, he comes in and is able to play. But uh, before I let you go, Michelle, I would be remiss if I didn't touch on a couple other quarterbacks in the league with you. And I kind of want to get your perspective because obviously you cover uh, the rival team of these other quarterbacks mm-hmm. where they played college football. And that's Zach Moss, former BYU quarterback, and then also former Utah State quarterback, Jordan Love. Now, both of these guys are like, the talk of the NFL right now through the first three weeks right. of the season and for different <laughs> reasons, <laughs> very different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously uh, Zach is struggling. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people didn't expect to even see him on the field this year. Uh, and if it was going to be on the field, it was because the the jets were blowing people out and Aaron Rodgers was leading them on their path to the Super Bowl and whatnot. And then, you know, four plays into the, into the season that plan <laughs> went away real quick and so Zach kind of got thrust into it so I, I in previous episodes I've kind of talked with Sam about this I, I've written off the first two weeks of the season for Zach the first game just by the fact that he wasn't expected to play that's a crazy circumstance to come into but you know yeah <laughs> wasn't wasn't like amazing wasn't like the worst he like he wasn't he wasn't good, but he wasn't like the worst thing ever, right? In week two, uh, had some bad interceptions. Mm-hmm. But then I told Sam, hey, let's see how he does against the Patriots in week three, because he's faced them four times in his career, uh, going back to the start of his rookie year. Bill Belichick seems to have that guy's number. He was benched after the way he played against the Patriots last year. And then the the Jets offense was just garbage on Sunday, Michelle. I mean, they, they couldn't move the ball at all until the very end of the game. And then, you know, miraculously they could have won the game had they, you know, scored on that Hail Mary at the end of the game, which would have been crazy Mm -hmm. enough, but the, the talking heads were out today and just ripping Zach to shreds and a lot of that justifiably. So, but you know, Zach comes from a Utah family, obviously his brother's committed to Utah and uh, is going to play there for the Utes. Um, but you know, it's just, it's interesting because Zach has been at the highest of highs before his NFL career. And then obviously gets drafted number two overall. It's like, Hey, like we made it kind of a thing. And then it's just been struggle after struggle, uh, 
uh, going into, you know, his first three years in the league. What have you seen from afar from Zach about, you know, what's going on with him? And like, what do you think could be like the thing that turns it around for him is I think the clock's really ticking on him. And I would say that if it, it keeps up for another, you know, three, four weeks, I told Sam by the middle of the season, we'll know what Zach's future is with the Jets. I would agree with you on that. Uh, you know, this is a really complex situation. Uh, if I'm being perfectly blunt and honest, I never thought Zach Wilson had any business being drafted number two overall. Uh, that's not to say that I don't think he can, can't can ever be an NFL quarterback. I do believe he can be. Um, I think he has a lot of things to work with, but the problem is he's a project and the NFL expects first round guys to pretty much be ready to go. Uh, and that just was never Zach. And so this, this is partially, you know, owning up to the fact that Zach was not ready for that position. And I think he said and did some things that were kind of immature that made the situation worse for him. But on the other hand, there's also some ownership that the NFL needs to take that they won't because, <laughs> because they don't have to. Uh, but uh, the way the NFL goes about drafting, especially quarterbacks is absolutely maddening to me because the only thing it seems like they got in a lot of cases is the flashy things. Can he throw it 60 yards down the field without anybody in his face? Well, yeah, a lot of people can do that. Like, why, why are we not looking closer at game film? Why are we not, you know, just, just doing our homework a little bit better? And then you make these huge investments and these guys aren't ready for it. You put them in positions that they are not going to be able to fix. And you look at a team like the Jets, quarterback's always been a mess for them, but it's partially been a mess for them because they also don't deal with and handle other things that need to be addressed, like an offensive line, having pass catchers. Uh, you know, for a long time, their defense was also a giant mess. And so you go and you draft these high profile quarterbacks that honestly maybe are still a bit of a project and you're sitting there hoping that they're going to fix the entire thing and they can't like, that's just so unrealistic. So for someone like Zach, you know, I, the best case scenario was what they tried to do with Aaron Rodgers, right. Which in some ways I felt like was too little too late. Like he should have just always been at a team that had an Aaron Rodgers at the helm so that he could sit back and learn for a couple of years and then take over after, after a certain amount of time. Unfortunately, you know, it didn't work out. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was out very quickly and now we're back to the same old, same old. And again, some of it perhaps deserved, I, some of it's not, uh, but that's just the the brutality of being in the limelight and, and making the kind of money that you make and being so super visible. So, you know, to be, again, if I'm being very honest and frank, because I think Zach was set up to fail from the get-go, partially his doing, partially the NFL's doing. Um, I, I don't know that he ever really makes a splash at this point. I, I think there's a lot of damage that's been done. 
Uh, and I think the psychological toll of some of the things that we're hearing people say about, I mean, I listen to some of these. You hear the things that OJ Simpson are saying about you, that Joe Namath are saying about you, uh, Boomer is saying about you. Like, I mean, these are some all-time greats in the league. Uh, and they're telling you that you're soft and you can't do it. Like, I, I just don't know how you recover from that at this point. And I don't know what kind of team honestly takes a fire on you at this point. Uh, it That's such a sad, disappointing story. But I think that's the reality of this situation. Yeah, t- definitely tough when you have, it feels like, the world stacked up against you, especially the number one market in the country. That is for dang certain. Ooh. And the, uh, oh, the, bo- the the boo birds were out in plenty uh, on Sunday. That was something that was very uh, audible when you're wa- watching and listening to the game. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Zach moving forward. And, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how he kind of rebounds from this last game because it w- really was just it felt like it was last season again. Um, interested to see the Jets are saying all the right things publicly, but I also mm-hmm. don't know where else they they have to turn. Uh, before we let you go, Michelle, uh, got a couple more minutes before uh, I got to let you go, but I, I wanted to talk about Jordan Love just real quick. What are your thoughts on what you've seen from Jordan Love after you know a really successful three weeks to start his season as the starting quarterback for the Packers? So I have grown up a Packers fan. So the Packers are my team. And I have to say, I don't remember exactly how long ago it's been that he was drafted, like four years ago, five years ago, something like that. I thought they were absolutely crazy to pick him as early as they did. Uh, But I will say what happened for Jordan Love is what should have happened for Zach Wilson. Uh, to, to be able to sit behind someone and learn from them. And I had questions because Aaron Rodgers can kind of be not the nicest person ever. Uh, I had questions about how much Jordan was actually able to learn from him and whether or not Aaron was helpful at all. And it sounds like actually, as it turns out, Aaron was very helpful to him. And, and I think we're seeing the results of that you know, play out now that, that this team is his and so far he's shown well. Um, I think if you're a Packers fan, if you're a Utah state fan, you're really, really happy for Jordan love. Like I said, Jordan's situation is what Zach Wilson needed. If he was going to be successful in this league. And unfortunately Zach did not get that benefit. Jordan love did, but I think Jordan love is the model that the NFL should try and and play off of a little bit more. You see a guy, you like his potential. You understand that right that very second, all it is is potential. You you make sure you have someone in front of him that he can learn from for a few years. And then when you're ready to move on, move him up. But again, to expect miracles from a guy that really is just operating off of potential is crazy crazy and and I think if the roles were reversed we would see the same thing but Jordan would be absolutely struggling and the most hated person on the planet in the NFL and Zach Wilson would be the hero 
zero, right? Like it's just, it's so unfortunate how, how that played out for one, but fortunate how it played out for the other. But it, for me, I'm happy for Jordan Love. By all accounts, it sounded like he was a really great kid um, when he was up at Utah State, very well liked, very well loved. Uh, did some nice things for the Aggies, you know, several years back. And to see him now step up in the NFL and have that same kind of success because he was set up for it is awesome. Yeah, I think it's a a good, you can look at one situation and the other and you can compare and contrast and you can be like, hey, when we bring our quarterback in as a rookie, like these are the two cases which route do we want to go? And you can see how the success rate went with one versus the other. So I think it'll be like a lesson learned for a lot of NFL teams kind of seeing it. And it's interesting that it's, you know, from our local perspective, but uh, Michelle, yeah. you've got a, you've got a big matchup this weekend. Uh, let's, let's tease it for the, uh, the Utah faithful. You've got Oregon state ranked still, but coming off a loss to Washington state, facing uh, Utah who ended up moving up into the top 10 of the AP top 25 this week. What do you have uh, on deck for uh, our Utah fans leading to the weekend? Yeah. So, I mean, and we're, we're going to take a look at what Jonathan Smith has had to say about, you know, this Utah matchup. Uh, we're, we're going to take a look at, you know, I shouldn't say take a look at, but we're going to keep an eye on, you know, what's happening with the cam rising situation. Cause I know everybody wants to know about that. And some of the other injuries in the lead up to don't know how much I can, I can or will be able to talk about it, but like we'll definitely be tracking it and and try to keep people as up to date as possible on that. Uh, but it's it's a very interesting situation. Utah currently is like eleventh in the Pac-12 in total offense, just behind Stanford, and yet they're they're four and zero, and they're in the top ten in the in the AP top twenty-five. Now I you know I'm I'm laughing. And I do believe that this Utah team is a top 10 team. However, they're not going to be a top 10 team for long if they can't get guys back. Uh, the the schedule is going to start turning the corner to where the model that they've operated off of is not going to work. And they will plummet really fast if, if they can't get some kind of offense going. So it's, I think they can get away with it this week. I think obviously they can get away with it in the bye week. And I think they can get away with it versus Cal. But after Cal, you're looking at USC, Oregon, and Washington on your schedule. And how things have currently played out will not cut it against any of those teams. Uh, You've got to get Cam Rising back. You've got to get your offense going. Um, If you don't, it's going to turn ugly really, really quick. But Man, that Utah defense, I mean, we were talking about the 2019 team earlier uh, and all the defensive guys that are currently in the NFL from that team. This defense looks to be of a very similar build and breed, and it's going to be fun to see what happens with this group kind of moving forward. She's the one and only Michelle Bodkin, our Utah Utes insider. You can follow her on all of the social medias at Bodkin KSL Sports. Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate you joining the podcast today. Oh, yeah, no problem, Kyle. Happy to. This has been the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com.